Welcome back, everyone, and happy Cinco de Mayo. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. The NBA playoff second round is kicking into high gear, and a certain culture has proved one of the guys horribly wrong. Then, keeping things interesting in the NFL, the guys warm up the QB pressure cooker. So, see what happens and see what is cooking by sitting back and enjoying the show. All right, Jalen, we are here on a lovely Friday evening. Always good to be back. NBA playoffs in full swing. The game three start tonight. We're going to find out really what's what in these uh, second round series. Uh, Philly-Boston going on right now. Plenty to get to. Nuggets on tonight finally after like a weird three days off because of this strange scheduling by the NBA. How are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, man, it is a nice, nice sunset over the Rockies today. Um, it's crazy to watch these games, especially of the game threes. We got some interesting situations brewing in the NBA, and the Celtics, man. Oh, I don't know how your streams hold up, Cole, but Tayson Tatum's a little shaken up. Playoff basketball, you know, so things are getting physical for myself, though. I'm doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Uh, getting ready to get ready for another game day for flag football for any of those coaches out there that may be coaching. <laughs> So how about you, Colby? Ready to get this thing rolling? All right. I think either A, he muted himself, or B, he has I, I did it myself. Sorry, I got to – that's terrible. Um, oh, gosh. But, yeah, I'm ready to get into this NBA. That was horrible. I was talking for like a minute right now. It's all right, man. It's the, it's the first part of the episode. You know, people are going to be like, whoa, what's happening already? You know, it's all good. It's all good. This is off. A, yeah, I like that. Your content right here. <laughs> Throwing them off the curve. Okay. Yeah, yeah. throw curveballs right off the bat. So, yeah, let's just uh, – let's crack into these playoffs. So, yeah, I guess we can start with the uh, games you got going on right now. Um, or the game going on right now, Boston-Philly game three. So we talked – did we talk right after the Harden game, if I remember correctly, where he dropped 45 or was it before? Did that happen after we talked? I wow. think we talked after. We have talked after. I, but say, I don't I'm think pretty we sure talked, we talked about I don't think we've talked uh, about game two. Yeah, no, we, I know we didn't talk about game two. So, yeah, uh, that was a predictable bounce back by Boston in the last game. They just – and the fact that Embiid came back, he's clearly still recovering. But, yeah, of course Boston was not going to lose that game. So they just ran him out of the gym. Um, I do like the comparisons people make. Uh, I think it's an accurate comparison. Um, I don't remember, and I apologize if it was, if it was Colin or someone else that said it. But uh, the, the Celtics are kind of like the Bills, where like they can kind of just overwhelm you with sometimes and just run you out of the gym. Mm-hmm. At any given point, because they're so talented, but do not trust them at all, like in close games. It's obviously a different sport, and it's not a perfect comparison, but just in that aspect of it, like I think that's pretty accurate because like Boston can run you out of the gym. They're such a good team. They're up eight right now in game three or so. Um, but yeah, man, I just feel like late in games, you cannot trust them down the stretch here. And I think that's what's going to bite them in the end. Yeah, I mean, right now we're uh, witnessing 
you know, them trying to figure out the, out these games. Uh, I think they got them. This is going to be interesting if they get the game three here, especially what went down with game B getting the MVP the day before. And Colby, before I continue, what are your thoughts on just Embiid playing that game? I mean, a lot of people were thinking that was, I think that, I don't know why people were highlighting that as the topic of the game was Embiid shouldn't have played or should have played. So what do you think? Um, Do you think he should have played or do you think he should have waited till Philly? I understand like why he played. Um, I think he should have played. I think it's different than like Jimmy Butler. I think it was more for him not to play because he just got hurt in the game before, but because Embiid like hadn't played in a while and he's like working his way back. I do think it kind of makes sense for him to come back and like, like you said, even though they got run out of the gym, they were, uh, they already stole the game at home. So I do think it makes sense, even though it's maybe a bad look. He's clearly not been a hundred percent, but he's still like Joel Embiid, uh, MVP of the league. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think, yeah, I think it made sense that he played, but I, like I said, I think it's different than the Jimmy Butler. Like if he had just gotten hurt in the first game that I would have said, not don't play him. But I think it was smart. I, I I don't know, man. Because when he played that game, remember, we talked about Harden, and all I asked was for Harden to play aggressive or at least consistently, you know. I wanted him to play consistent. He ended up not doing that. After that first game, he did not play consistent. It's been rough yeah. for Harden, these stretch of games. Um, Let's see if I can pull up the stats real quick here for Harden right now. Because I think they, that's when I turned on this game they were talking about that during the halftime show about how Harden and Maxi not as aggressive as you would think um Harden eight points with only one for seven and we're halfway through the third almost so yeah. hanging around but not great and this is the game you're at home celebrating Embiid's MVP trophy yeah and exactly yeah that's the other thing too that's the you know this is supposed to be the MVP coronation night you know that's why I that's why I asked you that question, Colby, about why you think this, if you should have rest played, rested and beat for another game. I think you could have, in the sake of Harden, you know, see if he can keep that aggressive mentality without him being on the court. Yeah. That would have been my approach. That I like that <laughs> idea. Plus, then you get a real crowd, you know, plus you won the game without Embiid. Who knows how Harden could have played, you know, I'm with you. Don't get me twisted. Boston definitely probably would have won game two. But let, let's say that the Sixers gave him a fight in game two without Embiid instead of blowing him out. And, you know, that's what I'm that's what I'm here for. You know, then they'll be coming into Philly like, all right, now they're getting Embiid more rested. How are we going to handle this with his MVP coronation now on top of it? So that's uh, that, that's where I that's where I was thinking, you know, but hey, they're keeping this game close. Yeah, um, like you're saying so. This is uh, the fact that these are their home games. If Boston immediately steals this one, it does feel like Boston is like back completely in control. Um, yeah, man. Like I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said there. Like, you made some good points there. Um, I just think like you need Embiid to be like sharp in these games. Um, and clearly, this one hasn't gone the best. They're hanging around, but um, you got to win these games at home. If you immediately lose home court advantage, then yeah. I do still just think Boston is going to win, though, because I just can't trust Philly. And Boston is just such a bad matchup for them. They always beat them every time. Rarely do they lose. They're like, the record Boston has against them the last couple of years is just ridiculous. They never beat in the playoffs. 
Uh, that was a nice take by Embiid as we're still going, but so we'll see. If Philly wins this game, though, I mean, they are in business, but the fact that Milwaukee's out, too, like, this is basically, like, no disrespect to New York or Miami, but probably the conference finals. Although Philly <laughs> could definitely choke to Miami. Uh, they both I doubt it, though. My, no. The way Boston's Actually, playing, no. man. The way Boston's playing, I think maybe both of them could probably choke to one of those two scrappy teams. Not who the knows who they get, you know? Not the Knicks. Uh, and I like the Knicks, but no. The Knicks cannot beat either of these teams. I mean, the way they were celebrating, we'll get to that game here in a second. Yeah. I, would, I would love to finish this here. In a, I would love to finish this series because I would love to talk about the Knicks. Um, <laughs> but back to the Philly and Boston about how these guys, you said, are your conference champions. Yeah. I think we got to hold it a little bit because, like we said, Boston, you even said it, Boston, yeah, they're like the favorites, but they can't really uh, seal the deal sometimes. So. Always, uh, I do take you right on that. You know, Embiid needs to get warmed up and back in rhythm and everything. I do agree with that and everything. That is a good argument. Um, I just really think though, we we need more out of Harden. You know, we need, I just would love to see more. And Ooh. it's just that's why I think if we, he had another game to be aggressive, maybe he could have kept fighting himself. But there you go, a clean assist for three right there from James Harden to his old buddy right there. Jay Tucker is still just playing in the league because he's still so good at defense. It's wild. Even though he doesn't, barely ever shoots. He didn't even shoot the first game. <laughs> hey, he's three, for, he's three for four in this game. Yeah, he's taking some shots. Now he almost just got a steal right there. This, this is, is the P.J. Tucker comeback game. He's, I mean, he's always valuable in the playoffs. Milwaukee would have not won that title if they didn't have P.J. Uh, Tucker. Maybe. But probably not. It would have been a lot harder. He helped. <laughs> he, he did have some quality minutes. I mean, uh, Milwaukee, you oh. know. <laughs> Harden. They're, they're both... Harden is having a classic James Harden playoff shooting performance right now. This yeah. is chucking up bricks. But the Sixers, well, they were only down two. Al Horford hit a three. Uh, this game will obviously be over by the time anyone listens to this. So we'll we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. But so you do you also I guess my last thing on this I mean I still said I still like Boston do you like Boston still in the series or are you with Philly still because I know you Philly I'm going still to sticking with Philly play. despite the whole MB drama I'm still sticking with Philly um it's still my thing to go to the finals but there's been some interesting conversations in the other games in the East that I can't wait we talk about because those two teams they made it interesting in my opinion um definitely a certain team definitely has taken and earned their respect back from me but yeah i was about to say this is uh this series i'm still sticking with philly uh i just really hope we get more out of harden and maxi again and as always tobias harris is just quietly there on the court so see if we can get some more out of the other guys besides Embiid, because he's you know still coming off an injury so and I still agree with the fact that, like you said, Colby, Boston's just so – they're good. They're really good. But can they seal it? I don't know. But they do have a good history against the Sixers. So I just hope the Sixers can break history for once. Because, you know, be dick at his MVP. And then we're going to be sitting here like, well, how how much does the MVP matter? Because now it's been multiple years where the MVP has been knocked out before he even hits the Western Conference Finals. Thank you, Jokic. Um, hey. Watch it. Hey, I get to take my shots now that my team's eliminated. Thank you very, very hey, much. That's fair. 
I mean, everyone bitches at Jokic because he couldn't beat the Warriors with Faco Campazzo and Monte Morris <laughs> and Will Barton. Will Barton's not even the league anymore. I'm sorry he couldn't pull that off. Well, <laughs> hey, we're going to have to – we get to have a different conversation. If Embiid can't pull this off with Harden and Tucker, Harris, and all these guys in Philly that they got. So it'll be a fun one to talk about because now he's throwing his hat into that MVP ring to be, be you know, fall out of that. So – yeah, I'm still poor. I have to ride with Philly. I have to. That's pretty much what I'm saying here. I have to. I respect it. Um, what about you? I mean, yeah, I'm sticking with Boston, man. I just like not just because they're winning this game. Like I thought they would get at least one of these two. Um, this is crushing for Philly if they don't come back and win this game. They still very well could. There's a ton of time left, obviously, but. Oh, yeah. I still like Boston, man, just because of the matchup. Boston just has all these guys that they can throw at you. That's really the strength of Boston. They just have so many guys who can defend. And, yes, they have weird nights, and I don't fully trust them, but, like, their roster is just so versatile and deep with everything they can throw at you. Yeah, they are deep in everything. They got a big roster, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, you know I've loved that argument all season for the Western, some West. Western teams out there. Oh. Um, and it's an argument that's coming up on the opposite end of the fork for the Suns. Can't wait till we get into that. And uh, well, I guess actually probably makes a good transition over to the series that we've been trying to dance around when it comes to the Knicks and the Heat. You know, the Heat, they're just pulling guys out their ass at this point, you know, and they're somehow putting up quality minutes, you know. That last game was crazy. <laughs> I, I was no. watching that, and I could not believe the Heat. I thought they were going to win that game for a while there. That game, too, was nuts. <laughs> yeah, and that's the crazy thing. And this is what I've been wanting to talk about is the Knicks, man, after that game, I kind of stopped seeing blue and orange stars. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, I, then I turned over to my, to my right, and it's just one of those cheesy Heat T-shirts that they have every playoff season about their Heat culture or how it's white hot or something like that. I don't know what – I think that's what they're going with this season. But I just looked to my right, and that's all I saw. And I was just like, God dang it, Heat culture, it is still around. And <laughs> I, I thought, I'm just watching the, the Knicks celebrate every basket and just like, you know, just thinking that it's like a championship game. And like, I mean, I love the energy. It was awesome at first, but I think I kind of, I kind of lost, I, for me, I kind of lost my taste in it now. And it was like, man, they panned over to Jimmy Butler, just smiling, nodding his head as they celebrated every little basket. And the Heat responded to most of them. Cause like you said, Colby, the Heat were staying in there without most, most of their guys, without Jimmy Butler, they were still in there. And that's what told me, I was like, you know what? When I saw that Jimmy Butler, they they were winning without him. They were staying in the game without him. I should say. I was like, this is where this is that uh supposed this is that spell game that Colby's going to point out. And I was like, this is one where I have to be like, you know what? Depending on game three, I might be wrong, but I'm already. I think I'm already starting. To, already, I'm on the ship still, but the blue and orange skies. I'm definitely not seeing it anymore. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe maybe it's not a bad idea, the Joe. So. <laughs> what are what are your thoughts now that I kind of cleared off my ass a little bit there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I yeah, I echo and agree with what you said there. I also picked the Knicks in this series. I mean, I wasn't ever bleeding. It was I thought the Cavs were going to beat them. Obviously, you were right, and I was wrong. But um, 
man, that was just a, as bad as a, a pivotal, much-needed win can look. The fact that Jimmy Butler was not out there, they were at home, and they had literally like Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love were cooking them like it was like 2017, 2018 out there. <laughs> and, and you're you have all your whole team, Randall, it's his first game back from an injury, but still. And Bronson was banged up, and they did come through down the stretch. They were more talented. Like, they should have won that by so much more. If Jimmy Butler's back, I have a hard time seeing the Knicks winning series if they can barely beat the Heat without him at home. That's what uh, I am right there with you. And obviously, obviously the biggest thing, too, the biggest part of that, the reason for it, I think, is just the coaching mismatch. It's no disrespect to Tibbs. Got to give him credit. He impressed me in that first round. Didn't think he even had that in him, but again, compared against Spo, that is just a horrible mismatch. Yeah, we're talking about battle of the physical physical coaching right now. Um, and Spo, he's he has a physical player that's literally a cheerleader right now. That that is Udonis Haslam. And, and if there's anyone you want to point to that represents Spo's like coaching, it's probably him. Uh, he's probably the guy that he probably points to and tries to get the team riled up, even though I don't know how successful it is at this rate because it is his last season, though. So, you know, this is for UD. You never know, Colby. They might be playing out their minds for him. And who knows what's going on in that locker room, but I'm with back to the coaching of this thing. Uh, yeah, Spolstra versus Stibbs, completely different. And you can just see how the how the boys go when you can just see the difference. You really do. And it's crazy. And like I mean, we mentioned this a little bit, I think, when we were previewing this series about the history behind it. And, you know, Pat Riley, he's the one that also he left the Knicks to go to the Heat to develop Spolstra, which Very is cool. and here we are right now. The Knicks finally got what they think is their guy for the coaching, you know. So here we are, you know, and that's why I say it's the battle physicality we'll see who comes out on top you know yeah man this is gonna be a fun that's gonna be such a it's already been such a scrappy series i expect the knicks to hang i still think you're right like i still think the knicks could win the series having said all that even though my faith has been uh revered or revoked whatever um but yeah man spo like you said pat riley too his eye for talent and just like the ability the ability that they just like get everyone to buy into like the heat culture as much as we make fun of it and people make fun of it. Like you said, it is a very real thing. Like it clearly works. So I got to give them credit for that. Um, last thing I'll say on the Knicks though, the biggest reason for the hope for the Knicks, RJ Barrett is finally becoming who is getting there slowly who we thought he could be because he's been great in the last, he was good in the first game, even though they lost and he was pretty good last in the game two win as well. So RJ Barrett has had some rough patches in his time with the Knicks, but he's, he's looking like a pretty good player. You know what? Who would you rather have Jalen RJ Barrett or Zion at this point? Oh (laughs) man, that's not a fair question. (laughs) That's not a fair question. I mean, Obviously, RJ plays. RJ does play, but I mean, you have to be real. He does have moments where he stinks still because he's a young guy. guy. And Zion, when he's on the court, you know what you're getting out of him. And as long as he stays healthy, you know. So, but you know, he doesn't. That's a tough question, but I'm going to stick with Zion still. 
Okay, fair enough. I'll stick with the dramatics. I'll take the dramatics. I'll take the, you know what? As long those twenty games that he gives me, he's gonna be unstoppable for those twenty games. Gonna yeah, you're probably right about that. I agree with you. I think RJ Verito, like he's been impressive. Yeah, he's out there for all for the whole season, most of it. For RJ's, you know, argument. So I'm just gonna hope my team doesn't, you know, depend on Zion as much as he, as people would think. Yeah, as, as much like the Pelicans have. Yeah, it's a tough seat. Shout out George Niang getting big minutes for the Sixers out here. Iowa State legend. Still. Let's go. That's crazy. He's still on the Sixers. It's been there for a minute. It's a shooter. It's a shooter. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess we can transition to the West then before we get into our NFL. Almost. In a bit. One Almost. more thing. Okay. All right. One big news in the East. Oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. That's my bad. Milwaukee, man. What's going on over there? Yeah, Coach Bud getting fired. Feels bad learning that his brother died, like, during that series, um, like we said. But, yeah, I mean, I saw it coming kind of. It's crazy. It's this, this streak of them just winning all the championships. But, like, I do feel like all these championship coaches, yes, it's weird, but the Nick Nurse one seems like it was kind of mutual. It seems like Nick Nurse also didn't really want to be there. I think that's part of that one. And uh, Budenholzer, like – Feels bad. I don't mean to kick him. I understand it. I don't mean to kick a man while he's down. But if we're being honest, this is not even like prisoner of the moment. Liz is honestly looking back, and I'm sure as we've said whenever we talked, I know we weren't doing the podcast then. When they made that finals run, I don't feel, I don't feel like Coach Bud was like, great. I kind of feel like there were a lot of times where they won in spite of him doing some very questionable things that scare me. That was one of my big concerns about the Bucks that year when they after the years of burning everyone when they finally made the run like i don't want to kick a man while he's down but i do feel like they somewhat won in spite of him obviously not completely he's a good coach but like he does he even at his peak even in the finals like he did always does questionable things in game and so for because of that like i understand it i'm not surprised yeah i was i mean i was a little bit surprised just because, you know, you got a guy like Giannis and you got a team that's, you know, with a lot of, I think they're free. Their next, this offseason is probably going to be very busy, I think they said for them. So it's going to, they're just now in a big move. And there's just so, dude, they're, Milwaukee's just going through a tough time. That's what I'm thinking. Let me just try and get my words together here because Milwaukee, not only are they going through a crazy offseason, I'm pretty sure. But they're also going to have to now figure out how they can keep Giannis happy within these next two years with this coach that they're going to bring in. And there's the new CBA or something like that that's coming out now. And you got to manage all this, all this stuff that needs to be managed. And you're going to change the face of the coaching right now after Giannis just gave this crazy passionate speech. That's when I was like, interesting, you know, and. But, you know, maybe these are the steps to success that Giannis was talking about. You know, who knows? Maybe this is. So maybe Giannis was thinking the same thing as you and was like, you know what? This might be one of those uh, steps right now. You know, it's time to change it up. I, mean, I, I could be, you know, my hesitation could be completely, completely wrong. I agree with you. You're you're, you're right about that. I, I was going to say Giannis also, like, to be fair, like, he gave that passionate speech and all. He also said a lot of things, but, like, 
oh yeah like i wanted to guard jimmy butler but like the coach didn't want to go that direction and like he was literally did say things like yeah that's the coach's decision like but, but was kind of hinting at like that's sort of on the coach not like he like this is a good guy it's not like he threw coach butt under the bus but like was kind of hinting at it so like he clearly knows what's going on um so yeah i think that's a big part of it too yeah, that is that's true. Yeah, he was mentioning it in the series. He was like, "Yeah, I want to guard him. I want to," but it was his decision. That's true. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, just like when they didn't put him on Durant in that Nets series, and I thought that was going to cost him, and that almost cost him, but they still pulled it out. Um, so yeah, not too surprised, but feels bad for Coach. But I will say, I do think Nick Nurse going there, even though it'd be weird, does make a ton of sense. Um. Because he is very good with the in-games. Nick Nurse, I felt like, unlike Coach Bud, when Nick Nurse made his title run, he was a big reason why. I thought he was excellent throughout those whole playoffs. Like, he was very sharp in the finals and everything. Obviously, they wouldn't have won if Golden State had all their guys, but they didn't, and it was awesome, Ron. I love that team. Nick Nurse was terrific in those playoffs. He cooked Coach Bud literally in that conference finals. So that's probably what I would be trying to do if I was Milwaukee. Yeah, it does seem like a perfect landing spot, right, for Nick Nurse to just come in and swoop down and take it. So, and I think we met, I don't know who I was mentioning that to, but it does just seem like an easy spot for Nick Nurse to come in. He He's worked with foreign guys before. He can make, see, Occam is like a poor man's Giannis, you know. He, he probably knows a couple of game plans to keep this team going, and working with scrappy guards like from holiday to van fleet that's an easy transition nurse would be an easy plug in and i think i think milwaukee just i think they already think i wouldn't be surprised if they went for nick nurse yeah no i think it makes a lot of sense i i would i'm sure they at least got to think about that a lot so mm-hmm. uh, i'm glad you're with me on that um toronto i don't know what they're about to do feels like they have to blow up their team but you know, we'll talk about the Raptors another day. Lotto coming up. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now we can move over to the West. No more Eastern talk. It's yeah. time to talk about the good stuff in the West. The interesting basketball. The ones that have all the stars. It's still interesting. But, yeah, the West is better. Yeah, there's more stars in the West that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I guess we can start with the Nuggets. They're about to play, so. We'll probably we don't have to spend a ton of time on Denver Phoenix because we already talked about there's already been two games when we talked about them last if I remember correctly. So, um, or were they playing that night that we talked last? I I can't remember. I feel like it was after the two zero though. So, it was a while ago. It was anyways, a while ago. So yeah, no Chris Paul, Phoenix. I mean they're still favored. They're at home. It's going to be tough to pull off the sweep, but I do think it's very possible because of them not having Chris Paul. With how depleted their roster is, man, they just have no, they just don't have the guys. Rand Booker might go for like 30 some apiece, and they still might not win just because those other guys they have out there, no disrespect. And this could come back to bite me because Katie's a legend and Booker's really good. I would not be stunned if they got one of these games. I feel like Denver will get at least one pretty confidently because of how just thin their team is, man. Some of those guys they have out there just, like, should not be playing important basketball for you in the playoffs, and they're going to need them to. 
Yeah, some of those guys are going to have to be Devin Booker, man. This Suns team, we talked about. I've talked about it during the Clippers series. They were thin. I thought that they needed help. They didn't need it that series, but we did say this was the part that we were highlighting the most before the series even took place. We're like, Colby, you're already getting a crash course to the Suns. You said <laughs> it yourself. They're thin, and now that you've seen it you're with your own eyes and they've struggled, it's going to be very challenging for them, especially if Denver comes in and takes game three. And then you're sitting there thinking, man, do they even have enough to just fight for fight the sweep? You know, like that's when you like, like even the gentleman's sweep, you know, that's where I, that's where I start questioning, like how much of a swing and miss was this team because they traded away so many key pieces, man. And yeah, having this KD guy, having KD is awesome. It's just a nice shiny toy, but their off season is just going to be just almost just as busy as the Bucks is going to be. So it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting stuff. Yeah. Phoenix, I do think will be an easier fix just because like it is definitely much easier to get like a couple role players than like a significant like change in that want to play with KD and yeah, yeah. So, like, so I'm sure their team will be cool. much improved next year, but but I just don't think they got it this year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm hoping to see Jokic cook on the road. We'll see. Uh, my one take on this, I guess, before we transition, off, we'll react to that as it comes in later. But before we transition to the Lakers Warriors, um, I do now believe I think the Western team's going to win the title. I kind of feel like Denver. Or, honestly, if we lose to Golden State or the Lakers, I think could beat Boston or Philly or anyone in the East if one of the other teams pulls a shocker. Um, just because I don't trust Boston, especially with the coach, is still a question mark for me, even though they're winning right now. Um, I kind of feel like the Western team, whichever one it is, is going to win. Hmm. Now you're starting to think West. I, I... – I did not Nuggets think are putting up a good case, man. They're playing like an actual one seed. But I have to say, those Eastern teams, they are just scrappy. They're scrappy. How can they? I'm just, that's a good, it's a tough one. Especially when the Lakers Warriors series on the other side. I don't know how they would respond to like the scrappiness of the Celtics or even, even a team like they, I wouldn't even say the Heat maybe, but. Uh, it'd be crazy to say this in a sentence, but what about the Knicks? You know, no, like the, the physicality. No, just thinking about it. Like <laughs> I said, I was saying earlier, they're both physical guy, physical teams. That's what they bring to the table. I mean, that's what they're known for. True. So that my only thing is, would how would uh how would you know older guy? How would the how would the Steph Curry's? Ah, no, nah, I think they would handle it well. But yes, it's tough. It's tough. It's, I don't know, man. At this rate, I really don't know. As you can see, I, 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 you said it, and I was just like, eh, it's hard for me to disagree with it. But at the same time, it's tough. That's a tough one to ask. It's tall, that's a very tall order. George Niang putting the Sixers on his back right now. Down 10. Somebody had to, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not going well. Um, no, you're right. The The East does have a lot of physicality. Boston is – Probably it will be Boston, I'm guessing, at this point. Harden is 1 for 10, 8 points, 4 fouls. 9 assists, but rough shooting night. And 4 rough fouls. Rough shooting night. So it's, it's not a tough night. Well for Philly. 
<laughs> yeah, just a rough one. And this is, like you said, one that you probably would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll see if they can pull off a comeback. It ain't looking good, though. Um, Harden finally got a call. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I guess the Lakers Warriors, we didn't talk about it too much. Um, so the Lakers steal the first game on the road, which I thought was huge. AD was incredible, dominated the game on both ends, looked like Olajuwon out there. Um, and then game two, predictably, the Warriors don't go down 0-2 at home. They ran them out of the gym mercilessly. AD was pretty bad. All right, see so yeah, Jalen. The Warriors cook them in the second game pretty brutally. Uh, AD does really nothing on offense. We're still pretty good defensively, but it wasn't close. The Warriors just dominated. Um, is this going how you thought it would? I mean, what has just been your reaction to the one-one split so far? Um, sadly, no. It's not going the way I wanted it. Just because they lost game one. Uh, losing game one, in my opinion, does stink because you're in Colby's eyes, a historically the world's worst row team now. So I just think, uh, yeah, when you ha- when you do str- have those struggles, though, on the road, you do need those games. You need those home games as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, in my eyes, it doesn't go as as well as you wanted it to. I think they should. I thought they should have came out 2-0 because personally, I think the Lakers are probably going to go 2-0 at their home. So I then that, that's where I'm like now I'm thinking this series is going to go 3-1 and it's going to be uh, – it could get really rough for the Warriors. And then we're sitting here looking at another LeBron conference appearance, Colby. Ah, yeah, I hope I hope not. I don't know. I don't know what I want. Like I said, I hate both these teams. Um, but should be nice to them. I mean, yeah, it's been entertaining. I'm not stunned the Lakers took one of the first ones, to be honest, especially the Warriors coming off that seven-game series. They're old and a little shaky. I do think Golden State will get one of these last these next two in LA though. I think this one is a go either way series for me, man. I I really don't know how it's going to play out. Um, part of me thinks it will be the Lakers as well as you. Um, so I just don't know that the Warriors have it, even though that Sacramento series was awesome. But again, they showed after how bad they were on the road all year. They won twice at Sacramento the last two games in Sacramento. So that's kind of made me undervalue that. I think they can definitely get one in LA. Um, I think this is a very good chance to go seven, to be honest with you. I know we say that a lot, but I could really see this one being a tough battle. And I hope it does. And I hope Denver wins in four or five and it goes seven. And they're old and tired when they have to come to altitude those first two games. And they're all tired. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. And I think this that's what the people still want. You know, we still want to see that scrappy, iconic seven game series, you know, that we can always talk about. So I'm here for it. Not can't say I'm not here for it. And uh, yeah, and I'm all. I can't. Re- I hate talking about the series like this, man. So that's all I got. That's all I got for those little Warriors and the Lakers. They got so many star players, and it's all about the role players, though. In my opinion, this game comes out to the role players. So. I do kind of like the Lakers, oh, no. a lot of the Lakers role players more than some of the Warriors ones, to be honest. Not all. But... Man, that's a tough one. I've seen what those Wolves can do. Some of those Wolves role players that they got. Yeah, you're Vanderbilt. Like. <laughs> he gives them good, vin- I mean, he's giving them good minutes, but like the consistency of those guys aren't there. Like, for example, Velo. 
It's a perfect example. Kind of can't Emily each other Beasley. out in some ways. <laughs> Emily Beasley. Yeah, exactly. They. It's just. <laughs> and then you got this guy named Rui Hachimura. I just God, I, he's starting to turn into a guy that I used to. You know what? I didn't mind him at all. He was doing his thing in Washington. Wow, but man, he is he is talk he is talking his talk all of a sudden now in L.A. So good for him, I guess. But, I like but, Reeves a lot, even though he's not the best defender. Yeah, Austin Reeves is a solid guy, and he doesn't talk his talk. I like Austin Reeves. He does. He has his moments where he's just doing his cool thing, and that you got to respect that. There's a lot of uh, pretty. There's some good defenders in this series, and some also pretty bad ones. Uh, so that's kind of fun. It is. But yeah, Reeves. He's solid. Yeah, I don't know, man. You might be right. The Warriors might be slightly better just because of Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins is such a nice piece, even though he hasn't been the best since coming back from his hiatus. Yeah, I and mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll have to see. That's all I can say, man. Like I said, I'm not really too deep into the Warriors-Lakers anymore. It's a good sure. series, but the big one is still, I think, Nuggets and the Suns, you know? That's yeah, probably going to be the one for me to look at. That's the one that I've been watching the most. Because, oh. yeah, Lakers and Warriors got the big names, but... For me, it's who's gonna those guys are gonna have to go up and probably play against the Nuggets. So unless we'll see what happens in Phoenix in game three. We'll see as they show these Jokic highlights. Oh yeah. No, I'm very excited to watch game three tonight. I do agree with a lot of that. Um I'm obviously more tuned to the Nuggets series, of course, but friends with you guys. Yeah. And like I'm sorry, my I also might be a little bit talked out of talking about the Lakers because I no, haven't talked to them. I've talked about him with at work and everything personally. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I've just that it's one's awful. just been talked out. I might have talked myself out of the Lakers, but a lot of it. I, Colby, who do you think right now? We had the superstar showdown. Who does it come down to for you in this series? How about that? Who's your superstar showdown matchup that you're looking at to wrap up this uh, Lakers Warriors talk? Good one. Um, I mean, other than the main one, I feel like is Anthony Davis versus himself. But besides that, I would probably right. say, I guess, you know what, I'll say, actually, no, I'll say it's 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 D'Lo and Jordan Poole because they're the clones of each other. They both don't play very good at defense at all. They can have some really, do some really, really dumb things and take some bad shots. D'Lo doesn't take as bad shots as Jordan Poole, but he still isn't the best. And they're both horribly, horribly inconsistent. And you never know what you're going to get at any given moment. They could erupt for 30, or they could be like one for nine and bad at defense and absolutely kill you the entire time they're on the court. So, like, I'll say it comes down to that because they're very similar, like we said, in that regard in some ways. Delo's better. Interesting. Interesting. I'm glad you said, though, right off the bat, it was AD versus himself because that's <laughs> what everyone talks about when it comes to this series is always AD, you know? Can AD come out and save Le and help LeBron, you know? And it's so tip. It, it was predictable, you know. Me and my uh, me and my friends at work, we we talked about it. We were like, you know what? He's probably gonna show up, ball out game one, take his game two break, ball out game three, take a game four break. As toxic as it is, it's gonna probably work because they already stole game one, and you saw it last night. He didn't care about last night. He put up. Yeah, he looked like he had a good defense performance, but you saw it. It was, it was eh. You know, once they were out of the game, they he was, he was chilling. That was it. So, 
Plus, you're going back to L.A. You already stole a game. So in his eyes, why not? And then get ready, healthy, and maybe steal these next two games. That's why I'm with – and my, my argument would have been AD versus himself as well, even though that's the one that everyone talks about. But it really is because my, my old argument was going to be literally anyone that you don't know from the Warriors versus anyone you don't know from the Lakers or all the new additions. Like, it's going to be those guys. So – yeah, that's where we're. That's that's where I. That's my superstar showdown. I agree. I pretty much agree with you, Colby. It's AD versus himself because there's no big man to challenge the from the Warriors to challenge him. So, oh, you're on mute again, big guy. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's gonna be fascinating to see what we get from AD in the rest of these games because they really like. Um, they really don't have anyone who's a great matchup with him. Looney is a good defender. He's not the best, though, for AD. Um, it's different than Sabonis. And Draymond is obviously a Hall of Fame defender, but he is AD is much bigger and more in his physical prime despite all his injuries. So, mm. yeah, it really is just going to come down to what does AD give you. And, uh, boy, it looks like uh, down on the court. I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, I'm watching the replay. Oh! Ooh. He just stomped on Robert Williams back of his head. Williams, that's Grant Williams. Grant Williams. They got all these Williams. Oh, yeah. He saw this third replay. I think of that it. Probably hurt a lot. Oh my goodness. Oh. That is brutal. That yeah. What giant <laughs> stomp on your head? That wasn't like the Draymond stomp, but like he literally landed on him. Oof. God damn. That's rough, yeah. Oh my goodness, that is brutal. Yeah, what a what a turn of events. Like that was he looks like he's getting dental work done on the side now. Like that was Yeah. <laughs> Good night. That was a hit. And at first I thought, oh, he, he was falling and he just scraped uh scraped Jalen. But nah, it went it, he he stomped on the poor dude. That yeah, they're like, damn. Oh, Poor guy. Okay. And he was just coming down, lamp. And he was just coming down. You know that was the thing. That's <laughs> that's a brutal transition off the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> very. <laughs> hey, I mean, taking hits like they would in the NFL, right, Cole? Yeah, something like that. Not quite. But... <laughs> Not quite. I don't uh, think we. That's Nakamakin Sue right there. Nakamakin. Nakamakin Sue. There it is. There <laughs> yeah. Oh, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. That and the worst part is, Colby, ready for this worst part? I think it was a foul on Jalen Brown and the Sixers got the ball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Sixers did get the ball. It was a foul on Jalen Brown, too. Like, he did foul. Uh, after all that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But anyways. All right. So you ready to <laughs> you ready to cook up these NFL segments here? And then we'll uh, conclude and we'll react to this uh as it goes final and the Nuggets starting off their game shortly. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. All right. So you want to start with my list before we do our cumulative rankings? Yeah, let's get it. Let's see this list of yours of, uh, what is it, quarterbacks under pressure, was it? Yeah. So it's the top 10. It's my QB pressure rankings. It's been the rankings, you know, just recently, very recently been finalized. But I've been kind of thinking about them as at least just who the names were. Um, and I've gone kind of back and forth on the order. Um, so it's the 10 QBs under the most pressure. We'll probably do this with coaches in a future episode. So I don't know if you have any, or if you just want to react to mine, I know I kind of just 
Pop told you about this when we hopped on. So you can tell me what you think, but we can go from 10 up to 1. 1 obviously being the most pressure, 10 being the least, but still the 10th most because there's uh, 22 quarterbacks starting QBs who aren't. A lot of guys who aren't on here. It's just the top 10. All right, let's get it. Uh, and as always, I'll probably just be the guy to be like, oh, I got a couple of guys that are onto this list. That's about it. All right. Ready? Yes, sir. All right, so number 10, under the most pressure, our guy, Desmond Ritter. Most people might not have him on this list because they don't expect much from him. But I don't know if you saw Colin was talking about on his show. The Atlanta Falcons at the moment, have an, because of their wonky division, have a win total of over under eight and a half. Um which is kind of surprising. They've added real pieces around him. He now has Bijan. They're going to have an awesome run game because they have a great running scheme. They've beefed up their line in the draft. They got, obviously, Bijan. They already had Tyler Algier, who's a nice back. And they have real weapons, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. He has pieces around him. It, it is there. He has an offensive smart coach, who you and I have both said on this show how much we like, Arthur Smith. Um, and in a bad division, a bad division, I like Atlanta a lot this year. I obviously like believing Desmond Ritter, but I wouldn't have thought he would be on this kind of list a while ago, but after the moves that they've made and they added some pieces on defense, there's real pressure here for Desmond Ritter. This is his one shot to be the guy, and he has real stuff around him, unlike our guy last year, Davis Mills. Hey, uh, this bandwagon's already starting to look like you're trying to put a little pressure on it. Um... Yeah, I believe it's going to go well. It's definitely not going to crash. Eight and a half. Eight and a half is a sturdy number to put some pressure on for sure. I'll agree with that. So it's an interesting guy to put up for number 10 to kick off the list. I'll say that. Yeah, man. It's uh I, I thought about it and I was kind of struggling. The top nine were definitely more solidified, and I kind of struggled with 10. And I was like, doesn't matter. Like he's got real stuff around him. It's not like he's got a bad, awful team anymore. There's real pieces yeah. there to work with. So that's why I have Ritter 10. Um, all right, number nine. Some a lot of people would have this guy higher, but there's a reason I have him only nine. Dak Prescott. Um, yes, it's America's team, it's the Dallas Cowboys, it's the bright lights. Yes, the NFC's more wide open than it's ever been in his whole career, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Some people would say have Dak ranked as the probably second best quarterback in the NFC. I wouldn't, but some people probably would. Maybe even some people like him more than Jalen Hurts. I don't see how you could after last season, but or, or Stafford. So whatever, he's up there at the top. Dallas has obviously a pretty good team, even though I have questions about Mike McCarthy, but he's losing his OC. And the only reason he's only nine, everyone always talks about how much pressure Dak Prescott's on. But like he got his contract, Jerry Jones likes him. So nothing it's not like it's gonna change. He's not going anywhere. But if he really wants to elevate himself, there is some real pressure because it's always it's a pretty good team and a wide open conference. All right, all right. I'm just a little offended. Why? Because you were listing off NFC quarterbacks and you obviously forgot one. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, I said at the very top, um, Kirk Cousins would be in the top five, probably, maybe disrespectful i'm just very <laughs> offended i'm offended it's not the time though to talk about qb rankings <laughs> not right now and where right. how elite qbs are and what situations they're going into but it's okay and what we'll, it's all right we'll get there there's gonna be a time for everything a time for everything of course 
Okay, Colby, what's going on on your screen there, buddy? Marshall, it's Kim Kardashian. I don't know what it's for. Probably some kind of lotion or something. Underwear. <laughs> there you go. This is what the NBA is trying to sell us on these illegal streams. No, just <laughs> um, there. See, here's some Gatorade. Anyways, all right. <laughs> number eight. Number eight. My guy, Kenny Pickett. Um, look, man, it's all there. It is all there, <laughs> other than arguably the OC, but. You're in your home stadium. Everyone loves you. You finished last year really strong. But at the same time, you have a brutal division of quarterbacks. Now Lamar's not going anywhere if Deshaun bounces back. There's so many quarterbacks in the AFC. And you have all the pieces. You have a really good defense. Only real still question marks are like inside linebacker. And still maybe corner, even though I like Joey Porter and Pat Peterson. It's not I, – I don't love having a super old corner and a super young corner. It's the top two guys. But whatever. It's fine. Um, but weapons, they've now fixed his line. This O-line should be much better. They think they've got him, their franchise left tackle. The inside of the line is now set, and he obviously has plenty of weapons. He's got multiple tight ends. It is all there for Kenny Pickett. He's going to have to deliver. I think he will, but this should be a – this Steelers team has very few holes. This should be a very good football team, and they will go as far as Kenny Pickett can elevate himself. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Let's just say that I agree with the spot. It's a nice spot for him because pressure is on. He's in a tough division, and that's the main reason why I think too. So the pieces are there, and you're in a tough division. Maybe he might have to get a nod a little higher, but he's only a second year guy, so I think the pressure is still low. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Though though I almost put him. Yeah. I scroll. I almost put Dak above him, but I was also like at. Uh, Zach is just like, you're not going anywhere. But yeah, you make some points. All right. Number seven. Maybe you could argue this guy should be higher. Russell Wilson. Last year was horrible, obviously. It was a disastrous, disastrous, disaster. Everything is just, I mean, he's never looked worse than he does right these days. He gave up a ton of money and draft capital to get Sean Payton to fix him. Hall of Fame level coach. So from that aspect, the pressure is way more cranked up. You don't have Hackett to blame anymore. If you're still bad, we all know it's you because Sean Payton's a great coach. Um, So for that reason, because of how bad it was this year, I almost put him higher. But then at the same time, I couldn't because I'm like, well, he did already get the money and he's locked in for a bunch more years. So even if he's bad, he's still going to be back. Um, But there is real pressure to improve just from a, how good he was supposed to be and this team could be if he is good. Still a lot of pressure on Russ, but I couldn't. I almost put him higher, but I didn't. A fair part that's fair that's a fair one to say i mean my thing is it's been awfully quiet in denver that's all i could say without spoiling any of the future segments it's just been awfully quiet in denver interesting since sean payton was hired they're all focused on the nuggets this is the best nuggets team ever <laughs> yeah 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 that, that, that works yeah Okay, interesting. So would you do you think that's too low for Russ then? Or do you think that's appropriate? No, I think you have him in the right spot. I know the reason why is because you said you think you have him too low. And I think it's because you think he might succeed. Yeah, I think you might I do you believe in the bounce back next season, Colby, with Sean I mean, Payton. I yeah. think that's why you have him low, is because you also think a little bit that you and you also believe a little bit in that bounce back. And I do. I do believe in a bounce back because it's just been a little quiet this season. This offseason has been too quiet for the like they handled that Jerry Judy stuff and it was brushed very well underneath the carpet. So I I what do you think, Cole? When, before I take the words out of your mouth. No, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um I do think they're gonna be better. 
I still don't yeah. think just because of how brutal the AFC is, I still don't think they're really going to do too much. But I'm sure they'll be better, and I'm sure Russ won't be a laughing stock because Sean Payton is an insane coach. I mean, you he saw how he had Jameis Winston looking before he tore blew out his knee that last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm sure he can get some things fixed. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling, too. I, I, I'm completely with that. Yeah. As Jason Tatum just put a hit a three that it's going to make it tough for Philly to win. Okay. Number six. Now we're getting to the real high-pressure guys. Number six. Jalen, for the first time in a long time, in like a while that I can remember, who knows how long, the Detroit Lions have some real expectations this season. No more lovable losers. After the direction they've turned, the players they have, there's real expectations to potentially – a lot of people, smart people are saying, win the North, at least definitely be a playoff team in the NFC with the roster they have. Jared Goff is number six. They already have Hendon Hooker. Spent a third-round pick on him this year. I don't think Hennon Hooker is going to take Jared Goff's job. That's not why he's on here. But it does show you the pressure. If 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 this team falls short of expectations because Jared Goff doesn't deliver, and there are, as we know, real pieces around him on both sides of the ball now, there's a lot of pressure on Jared Goff this year, man. The Lions have real expectations. That's a franchise star for success. And if he doesn't deliver, they could easily try to draft someone or move off him. All right. I mean, I like how you put him in that six five four spot. So I probably would have put him in a spot like that as well, because the temperature, man, for him in this off season, everyone's just cranked it up to a thousand. Because all of a sudden, everyone they finished the season. Oh, they beat Rogers and then still the Lions, man. They're still making moves that even Colby was questioning. That's true. I hey, I pulled on him a little bit after the draft. I said second round made me feel better, but still. But I agree with you. Everyone else, though, they have their expectations pretty high, and with expectations, there comes that uh, pressure. So, I like that he's in that six five four range. That's where I would have probably put him to. It'd be interesting to see who you have tagging along with him. Yeah. So here we go into the top five. Don't have to go too far for the next one. Number five. You know, some very smart people have this guy ranked as a top. I wonder who these smart people are. <laughs> top 12 quarterback in the league next year, Justin Fields. Right. Look, man, this team is a whole lot better, at least offensively. The defense, they added pieces and it should be better. I, I still don't know if it's going to be a great defense, but it will be at least improved. The offense should be ready to go. You got a couple tackles now. The interior of the line should at least be improved. You have real weapons. Getting DJ Moore is a game changer. They obviously smartly traded away the number one pick to build around you. I like Justin Fields a ton. And the North, I mean, it's it's wild. I know you think the Vikings should be the clear-cut favorites. I would still say they're the favorites at this moment, but I don't think they're heavy favorites by any stretch. I think the Bears should be a lot better this year. There's real pressure on Justin Fields to take a big leap, and I think he will. I think he's going to be a star. All right, who's tagging along at four? All right, four. A guy who we know for a fact is pretty much playing for his job, Mac Jones. Uh, We know Bill Belichick does not love him. Um, He gets to have a real offensive coordinator this year, so that should help take a little bit of the pressure off. But, yeah, there's already chirpings. There was the Lamar noise. They never – Bailey Zappi is there. All of that 
It's the Patriots. Robert Kraft, you know, has very high expectations. They're still going to have a good defense. No matter what, as goofy as they might be on offense, they'll still always have a pretty good defense because of Belichick. Um, so Mac Jones, man, is under immense pressure this season. I almost put him higher, but the other three guys, you'll see why they're above him. All right. All over, I feel like with I'm all over with emotion. I feel like with this <laughs> these three right here, is I I try to group them up to see how you do you know. Okay. It's just like you cranked up the heat times a thousand again. I know I'm just doing the same reference again, but and for Mac Jones, I was like, guess what? I said, whoa, because I was like, that's a situation that is really you know up the pressure and everything compared to Justin Fields and Russell Wilson. Um, I probably would have Goff above Fields just because he's older and his situation is more in the air. I went back and forth on that. Um, besides that, though, I respect having Fields at five because, yeah, the team is he's just like a Kenny Pickett situation. Team's better around you. You balled out last season. I'm pretty much saying this is your second year as well because, you know, you had a you had a better bounce back second year, so this is pretty much your real third year takeoff. Um, yeah, and then here we are with Mac Jones. They have to get a coordinator in. Hopefully, it makes the job easier. But you already know that the the guy above you is uh, the D, the Darth Vader of the league doesn't like you or Palpatine, whichever one. <laughs> yeah, yeah Palpatine's about to shoot you with lightning out of his hands i went to well may 4th may the 4th uh reference right there for you yeah bro we went to a uh, sage bird last night they had i won't go too much into this but they had star wars trivia night awesome that. and they had and i was so hyped because they also had uh return of the jedi was on the one the movie they had played and i was like that's really my favorite star wars movie out of all of them and yeah so that when you said Palpatine, this kid is zap mac jones with his lightning hands if he doesn't shape up yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And then he's going to find some <laughs> Z- Bailey Zappy. Literally Zappy. Wow, yeah. Literally, I didn't think about he's that. literally going to Zappy him. <laughs> so, oh, man, good reference right there, Cole. Reference right. some Star Wars, and we got the tie-in to come in completely. So, oh, yeah. all right, let's wrap it up. Let's see what you got for these last three. All right, so these top three are kind of in a different category than all the guys below them because they're – expect these guys are not going to lose their jobs but their expectations are much higher than that so number three some might say he should be number one aaron Rodgers. he's now in new york city had he been on the packers i wouldn't have even put him on this list but he is now in new york city the jets won seven games last year with no quarterback or quarterbacks who you know weren't great um, they have a real defense. He's one real weapons. They've given him everything he wants. They brought all his guys. Oh, he's going to be all over the media all offseason every week. They're going to be the most talked about team. They are going to have so many TV games. They'll probably have the most of anyone being in New York and having Aaron Rodgers. And he's talking about, oh, that Lombardi trophy looks lonely in his introductory press conference. So he's building up the hype. He's hanging out with Sauce Gardner, talking to Jessica Alba at the Knicks game. He's going all in on this New York thing, man. High risk, high reward. Aaron Rodgers, a lot of pressure. All right, all right. Who you got for number two? Let's see. Let's go ahead and crank them out. Let's crank these three. Let's see them. Number two. This guy's obviously not losing his job, but as I said, higher expectations, and he did not 
meet his expectations last year. Josh Allen. Look, the Bills are – he's supposed to be in this elite tier with Mahomes and, and, and Burrow. And right now, I think after last year, he's clearly third. Um, there's obviously a great team around him. They've paid him. Um, the Bills have – they were the Super Bowl favorites last year, did not deliver in the playoffs. Um, because of how talented and gifted he is, the incredible things he can do, you expect a lot from him. But, again, he did not come through. It was a rough performance in the playoffs last year when they lost to Cincinnati and almost lost to Skylar Thompson the game before that. Josh Allen has a ton of pressure on him this year to, to really make a deep run in the playoffs. And number one. Number one was the easiest one on this list for me. Come on. I knew he was going to be number one as soon as I thought of this segment. And that is one, Justin Herbert. Oh. Justin Herbert is talked about, and I have talked about him as well. He's great. He's awesome. It's not what a playoff game. And obviously, I think the 27-0 blown lead is more on Staley than on him. But look, man, you're talked about in all these elite discussions. Here in the next couple month, months, he'll probably be the highest paid quarterback uh, if he's paid after Burrow. He's going to get a crazy contract pretty soon. Has never won a playoff game. Only been to the playoffs once. All the other guys above him in the QB, like in that QB discussion, Trevor Lawrence beat him last year, and all the guys above him have multiple playoff wins. Sustained success. I think there is a ton of pressure on Justin Herbert this year. I think he's number one easily. Wow. Wow. Didn't see that. Herbo. You're doing this to my boy Herbo? I am. Number one. I understand. No, I'll do this. How about this? I agree that he should be in the top three. I agree with that. Because he is supposed to be one of those top guys. We talk, we have high regards for him. He's supposed to be getting this bag. Um, but that playoff stinker, we gotta get that out of our we gotta get that out of our eyes. We gotta we gotta find a way to get that out. So wow. I agree with him being in the top three. But I feel like when it comes to pressure, number one, I agree with you on this. He's also in the top three, and it's between Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, the two New York quarterbacks, in my opinion. All right. And shoot, I'm surprised you didn't say Daniel Jones. Yeah, he did, even though he did just get his bag. I thought about he has to now go out there and ball out without Saquon. At the moment, at the moment, Saquon has not signed his tag. So at the moment, I'm still putting that out there, folks. By the way, I almost put him instead of Ritter because, and to build on to your point, I'll let you keep going. But to build on your point. It is like he did get the bag, but it's also they can bail after two years. So he really only got two years guaranteed of the bag. If he isn't good, he's not going to get to the last two years. Yeah, and when you're the worst quarterback in New York because there's Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, it's tough pickings when you're Daniel Jones. you got to step it up. So that's why I'm a little surprised you didn't say him. Kirko, you got to put Kirk Cousins on there a little bit too. you gotta get, got to shed some light. He's on his last year. It's his contract year. He doesn't ball out. He's probably going to be on the streets. I don't know. There's going to be a very desperate team that just wants a solid quarterback. Kirk Cousins. There you go. But that doesn't sound enticing, does it, Colby? Not really, but like uh, someone would pick him up. I don't think uh, Kirk Cousins does the same thing every year. The Vikings keep paying him money and bringing him back. This so I don't last year. I, maybe, but like, what if there's no one they want to draft? What if they don't wind up with one of the top picks? And you what don't if we are, draft quarterbacks. But what if Kirk doesn't do good? 
That's what I'm saying. The pressure's on Kirk, man. He has to ball out I mean, if he wants to stay. He's on there, but I don't think he's top. Should be that. He high. would not have been in the top. No, he would not have been in the top. These are just the honorable mentions, Colby, that you missed That's out fair. on. That's fair. That's yeah. Good. Um, a couple of guys that I really wanted to see on this list, honestly. One of them has to be Ryan Tannehill, right? Yeah, I, I didn't mean, put him on here just because I think he's cooked. They're in a rebuild, but. Yeah, like I don't think there's anything he's going to do that's going to save him at this point. That's the only reason I didn't put him on here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, was say, I know they're in a rebuild, but <laughs> he still has two quarterbacks that are playing up his ass right now, trying to steal his job. Um, I don't think one of them has a shot anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Levis. Um, yeah, Levis, I think, will be starting by well, like. So you don't have any pressure on your boy Jordan Love, though, just because he got extended recently? Is that why? Not really. I don't think they have super high. I don't think the Packers have super high expectations next year. They picked up the extension. Yeah. So, like – Because, remember, he was a first-round pick. But I think – I mean, the Packers, they're the Packers. Like, I'm sure they'll give him another year, even if it doesn't go the best. Like, it's a little pressure, but I I think the guys I had – I wouldn't put them above any of the ten that I had on there. I thought about it. I know, remember, this is just sure. honorable mentions. I just wanted to throw these guys out just for us to talk about. Oh, this is, these are just all guys that we can talk about here. Um, We're at the six-minute warning. so we can I know. Out. I was about to say, I think we should we should just pretty much ride it off with no, this like one that. right here. There, keep, keep giving them to me. Those have been good so far. Hmm. Let's see. I like how you gave Josh Allen because, like I said, New York quarterbacks, they're going to be always under scrutiny in the Bills. Great that you did the rest, but what about Deshaun? He's a whole year now with the off-season training. He has a whole year with the Browns. This is no excuse time. You know, this is on the football side of things, it's no excuses, you know? So what about what about Deshaun? That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't really think about him too much. But yeah, no, you're right. He definitely has a lot of pressure on him. That is a really good one. Because yeah, he if he doesn't deliver like Everyone involved just looks real, real bad. And I mean, even worse than they already do. Yeah, and like, it just looks and like that it. is a brutal the division's a gauntlet. So Yeah, they're goners in the division if this doesn't work out. You're right. Maybe even if it does, like even if he is good, you still gotta deal with Burrow, Lamar, and I think Kenny Pickett's good, and they all have really good rosters around them too. So like the division is just brutal. All right, and I think since we're approaching the five-minute marker here, one last one. I know that people might be like, come on, why'd you do it? Why'd you say it? Tua. Yeah, that's – I just didn't put him on here because I'm just like – I mean, I think he's going to be the guy if he can play, but, like, I don't really – like, I just don't have any faith he's going to be healthy, man. I'm sorry. J.J. Reddick's calling games. I didn't even realize he called games now. (laughs) Yeah, they're loving him up there at ESPN. He's working his out. way up the ranks. He's him and RJ. I'm looking yeah, through the for a minute. Oh, here's a fun one. Actually, I have a fun one for us to end on. Two of them because I completely forgot. All right, what uh, I wanted to do. Geno Smith. Thoughts on him? Um, he's got weapons now. The defense oh, is yeah. getting built up like like in the old P. Carroll days. So, yeah, no, he has a really good team. Um. There's definitely some pressure on Gino because he did just get the extension and he's already kind of like a Cinderella story. 
I don't really expect like anything crazy from him. I didn't put him on there, but that's a good one. He he definitely has some real pressure now. They have a good team. Yeah. All right. I was gonna say a fun one. Baker. Uh, I mean, I think this Baker. is last chance again. Last chance for Baker. I don't think Come it's on. a real chance. Like he's just a placeholder till they find someone better. Like Baker okay. is just a journeyman at this point. So I don't consider that real pressure. That hurts because it does hurt, but it's true. <laughs> this little man in Arizona wants his final for the final one. This is the, officially the last one. Little man in Arizona, Kyler Murray. He definitely has a lot of pressure, but I didn't put him on there just because he's coming off the injury and this team sucks. So I think I think people will probably kind of give him a mulligan for this year. I'm guessing, um, and it'll just be like a awful two year stretch. He because who knows? I doubt he's going to play. Not going to be ready to start of the year. They said so. Who knows how long it's going to be till he comes back and what he's going to look like. So I think just because I think this is kind of a throwaway year because of the injury, I didn't put him on there. But yeah, whenever he's back, he is going to have a lot of pressure. All right. Well, that was where those were all the quarterbacks I wanted to hear you talk. Notice how most of them were in the NFC. So yeah. as always, got to force you to talk about the, the good classic <laughs> conference. That's the NFC guys on there. I had a couple. Uh, Rodgers doesn't count anymore, Colby. Rodgers doesn't count anymore. I mean, the AFC is brutal, man. It's tougher to be a quarterback in the AFC. NFC, the bar isn't that high. The bar is not high. It is not. <laughs> um, but, Colby, that was a good little uh, good way to tap into the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just got tip off here in the NBA um, for your Nuggets and Suns. Recapping what happened in the Philly Sixers with the 20 seconds we have with the two-minute warning approaching. Yeah, so yeah, Boston, they got the dub. They they did not give it up late. They won by like 10. Yep. Uh, so they steal one in Philly. They're up 2-1. I think Boston's going to – Boston just has their number, man. I think they're going to steal know. the next game too. I they, think they might just sweep it. I think they might go one. I, I think Philly will get one more, but I don't think they're going to win the series. Like Boston yeah. just has their number. They just always beat them. Almost always they beat them. Yeah, they do. Uh, all right, Cole. This is that those moments Phoenix scored the first opening bucket, but that doesn't matter because the vibes and the game is still long and the vibes are good. And these are our final thoughts. Cool. Okay. Uh, my final thought, very excited to obviously for the rest of these playoffs, but also excited for some of this NFL stuff we're going to dig into in the off season. And I really can't wait to see um, again, what the new wave of young quarterbacks does this year. Ready to see year two, Pickett, Ritter, Howell, Sam Howell getting a real shot is cool. Um, can't wait to see them. And obviously the rookies, I think, especially Young and Shroud, are going to be fascinating to see what they look like. Um, the Texans are going to be so interesting, even though they might be bad. Same with Carolina. So I just can't wait to see the next batch of young guns and see which ones are good and which ones just kind of suck. You got less uh, than that, Sorry. <laughs> No, I see it. I see it. All right, here we go. Final thoughts. Always would love to tap into the O's, but I'm right there with you. I love seeing all the off-season content for the NFL. Um, all the <clears throat> this is the last minute for all those that make it to it. For all those uh rankings that are out there, it just gets the gears going. Oh, it just gets the takes flowing, and we get to see what we feel about these quarterbacks. Everyone has some wild things. It's just the we just right after the draft. We're just pulling things out of thin air because you know why, Colby? We're just trying to make good stuff happen, man. Oh, yeah, baby. That's some great. 
Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.